Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Sacred Scoop. It's me, Josh. Who's all here? Jenna's here. And Emily. <laughs> and a very special guest with us today. We have the one and only Jen Stanley. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Our very first guest. And I want to just um, read a little introduction about Jen. Um, Janet Stanley is a board certified traditional naturopath and the founder of From Scratch Wellness, a collaborative wellness center in St. Charles, Illinois, which we are so happy to be a part of. Um, prior to her natural medicine career, she was a professional chef when she was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. She followed the advice of a naturopath and within nine months, whoa, whoa all of her symptoms were in remission. Um, and this inspired Inspired by her health recovery, she earned a degree as a traditional naturopath from Midwest University of Naturopathic Studies, having worked now for 16 years helping clients recover their health by changing their diet. It has become increasingly obvious to her that diet alone just isn't working. Mm. Mm. Presently, Jen is enrolled in a soil health con consultant program through the Soil Food Web, where she is learning to convert dirt back into soil so that food can once again be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. Oh, I love Damn. that. I love that. Hi, Jen. Yes, hey. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Thank yes, you. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're so pumped. We honestly already like talked so much with her about this. So, <laughs> yeah, we wish all you could have been here. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're so excited. Um, so I think we just wanted to start out by asking you, like, what is your what is your soul journey? How did you get here? Mm -hmm. I think um, my whole I feel like my whole life has been about reconnecting to when I was six years old. I love that. Because I felt like as a, as a little girl, I was very intuitive. Mm. And in my 20s, I tried to ignore that and do what society told me I should be doing mm. rather than really following my intuition. Right. And so... Um, Doesn't that happen to a lot yeah, of us, yeah, right? right? <laughs> you know? So I feel like when the catalyst for me was really when I was in my mid-20s, my sister uh, was killed by a drunk driver. Mm. And so I was just... I would I would sense her everywhere, yeah. and so it it really my connection to my intuition really grew out of mm -hmm. that was trying to reconnect with her, find where she was because I felt her everywhere, and so that you know was really I took her death as the catalyst for me to reconnect to not to not do what I thought others wanted me to do, and for mm -hmm. me to just follow what what my path was. Be authentic. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, awesome. incredible. Absolutely. So it's it's been. And so that's where we are today with, you know, I, I was a chef, I got sick, it became natural medicine. Now I'm going back and using kind of my culinary background to be like, you know, food used to, food is what I used when mm -hmm. I was sick to recover. You know, 80% of what I did was I went to a raw food diet. Um, that was the biggest change for me mm -hmm. with fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that, you know, as a chef, food got me sick and it also healed me at the same time that now I'm realizing I'm using the same protocol that mm. I used for my, you know, when I got well, and it's just not working anymore with huh. clients. And I'm realizing the nutrient density isn't in the food and that's what needs to get replaced. So amazing. Wow. And a great segue into what was going to be my next question, which is what is your biggest passion right now? But I feel like you've answered it. Yeah, it is. So like, tell us about what it is, what does it mean to be a soil consultant, right? Yeah. That would be like your title? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Soil health consultant. Health so consul okay. what we do is we look at, so there's, there's dirt and then there's soil and dirt is when there's no biology in the soil. Mm. 
soil is when there's biology that's present. And so what happens is that a plant, in order for a plant to absorb nutrients, it releases, the plant knows what it needs. It knows what it's deficient in. And so it releases a specific exudate into the soil, which is essentially a hormone. So it's, it's secreting this hormone, making a request to the bugs that are in the soil to digest either sand, silt, or clay, which are your main parent materials that make up soil. And those bugs, whether it's bacteria or fungus, they will digest those particles. And what they poop out is the nutrient that the plant is requesting. Mm. And so it gives the plant a bioavailable form of that nutrient. And in exchange, the plant gives the biology glucose, which is the, the the biology's preferred food source. So it's a symbiotic relationship. Mm. When when food absorbs, when the plants can absorb those requested nutrients, that's what gives plants flavor. So we all know when we're eating food that is nutrient deficient, in it's strawberries that don't taste like strawberries. Yeah, or like oh a God. tomato from the grocery store. Exactly. And you're like, 100%. what is this? What what is this mushy substance in my mouth that has no flavor? Yeah. That tells you there's no nutrient absorption in that tomato. So mm. you inherently know that what I'm eating isn't satisfying anything. It's not yeah. because it's not giving you the nutrition the nutrition that your body is actually asking for. Totally. Hmm. Oh man. So interesting. It's beautiful. So so to answer your question, to be a so- soil health consultant, what we do is you send us a soil sample. I'll analyze it under the mo- microscope and what I'm looking for is fungus, uh bacteria, protozoa and nematodes. So those are the hmm. four categories of biology that all um compete and and eat them eat each other. And so by consuming, by a protozoa eating bacteria, there's excess nitrogen in that bacteria. It poops out nitrogen into the soil to feed the plant. So that's how we do nitri- the nitrogen fixation is you want, you want successional predators to be digesting all these other things because that's what's keeping the soil nutrient dense for those plants to grow. So what I'm hearing is one bug's poop is another plant's treasure. 100%. You know, I'm taking this permaculture course right now. And what I love is the instructor talks about waste. And he's Mm. like, all pollution and all waste is just an unutilized resource. And he's like, in nature, nature will always have whatever is death becomes food for the next thing. And it, it's, it keeps it in this nutrient cycling. Mm. And so I love that idea that like, there's no pollution. There's really no waste in the world. It's just unidentified resource. Like yeah. we just got to get creative wow. right? and put it back into the system because that's what nature would do. That's amazing. That is so cool. So, okay. So how would this work? Like if someone are, are individuals coming to you with soil samples yeah. or farms or what does that look like? All the above. So, so if you want to grow, so whether you want to grow vegetables or fruit trees or a vineyard or deciduous trees, or you have shrubs that just aren't thriving in your backyard, each of those plant requires a different successional zone, meaning a, a certain ratio of fungus to bacteria in order for that plant to thrive. And so what we would do is we would test your soil. I'd look at it under a microscope. I'd say, okay, this is your baseline biology. Based on what you want to grow, we need to get your biology into this specific zone for that plant to thrive. We make up the deficit by creating a compost recipe that will get you there. And so 
what I'm doing now is I'm going on site and I'm teaching people how to make these compost recipes themselves. We build it in your backyard. We're using thermophilic composting, which means that we're adding heat. So the recipe formula is roughly 10% high nitrogen foods, um, 30% green material, and then 60% woody material. So by having that ratio, we're getting the temperature of your compost pile to stay between 131 degrees and 170. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we want that sweet spot is that that's where all weed seeds are killed off Mm -hmm. and it kills all human path or all pathogens. So if we're using manure, we're using something that has, you know, um, you know, anaerobic or Mm -hmm. toxic, you know, like E. coli and stuff like that. We want to be sure that we kill all that off. So we turn the pile every three days to get each third into that hot center for a certain amount of time to, again, kill off the weed seeds and the, and the pathogens. And then we cool it down. And the cooling down is a maturation process in which the fungus starts to grow. And so roughly this takes under 30 days to do. And then it's able to be applied to your land. If we're, if we're working with a larger scale farm, we would then take that compost and we would brew it into a tea. And then we would use it as an aerosol extract or a liquid amendment to the soil. Um, so you can either do it as a liquid soil drench, or you can take that tea and you can put your seeds in it and dry the seeds out. And it essentially coats the seed in that biology so that when you put it in the soil, the seed already has everything it needs on it for it to, for it to thrive. That's so there's so lots cool. of ways that we can apply the compost or the liquid amendments, but that's essentially what a soil health consultant does is we help you bring the biology back into the soil and the specific biology for what you want to grow. Okay. Oh. So what would you say then is the biggest difference? Cause I know a lot of people do their own composting. Yeah. What is the biggest difference between like just, you know, me going in my backyard and creating a compost pile and you coming in? Exactly. So those black bins that you see everybody has in their backyards mm-hmm. where you're yeah. just throwing your kitchen scraps in there. If something's at room temp, um, it's releasing the nitrogen in it. And the nitrogen yeah. is actually what would um, uh, help produce the ba- help stimulate the bacteria to start reproducing and growing. Because we want we want biomass. We want more numbers of the bacteria and fungus and nematodes and protozoa. So I actually keep my when I use kitchen scraps, I keep them frozen so mm. that they're not degrading. So you don't you don't really want things to just degrade on its own without um, assembling it and using it. Same thing with like your woody material, fresh, um, like fresh limbs that you break up into wood chips. They have turpins in it, which is essentially what gives Mm. pine its smell. Sure. So that's an antibacterial. So you can't use wood chips that actually smell like the tree in a compost pile without killing the biology in the compost pile. So you need to mature or age your um, wood chippings, keep them in a pile in your yard for over a year and some sometimes a couple years based on the smell. So you always want to go out there and smell it. You want wood chips. If you're going to use wood chips, it needs to not have an odor to it because otherwise that's going to kill the biology in the compost pile. So the black bins that you have in your backyard, you would have to let that sit for several years for it to actually digest on its own. Really? It's not going to it's not going to break down into usable compost for at least 2 to 3 years. Wow. So and you're just growing um, bacteria, typically, is what's in there. 
you really want to use organic if you and and so what we're doing is we're taking that two to three year process that you're trying to do out in your black bin and we're doing it under 30 days by using thermophilic so by just adding the temperature and making sure your recipe has the right ratio of those things so if you're using manure um you need to be sure that it came from animals that uh weren't dewormed or had any mm. anti-parasitic because that's oh, going to yeah. kill the biology in your compost pile. Got it. So got there's, it. you know, you got to know like what you're using and where it's coming from. So manure is a great, a manure is a great source for your high nitrogen. You can use, I've been using a lot of beer mash from a local brewery, the spent oh. grains. They're happy to have you come and take that because they're just oh, throwing bet. that stuff yeah. out. Sure. So they, I go with my five gallon buckets and they fill it every time they brew beer. And that is a great um, high nitrogen thing. And the high nitrogen in the compost pile is what gets your temp up over that 131 mm-hmm. degrees. Okay. So you need to have about 10 to 15% that high nitrogen. What I'm finding here in Illinois, we're in fall where our daily temps go from 40 degrees to 80 degrees. Right. Yeah. right. So I'm struggling to keep my temp up. So I'm I'm having to work my high nitrogen into larger quantities of the compost pile to make sure that I can get the temp up and then it can maintain it for the three days that I need that temp to stay there before I turn it. And then I need the biology to be able to come back and bring that temp back up each time. So that's awesome. So it's it's very different based on what climate you're in. If you're in a warm climate, you need very little high nitrogen sure. because your ambient temperature is gonna help keep that compost pile up. So there's lots of, lots of things to consider, but you generally have all the material you need to actually do this process. Sure. And it's just, it's just creating compost in a much shorter amount of time so that it can be applied that growing season. So what I do as a health consultant, soil health consultant, is we can change the biology in your garden in, one, in that growing season. You're not waiting you know, a year or two years to actually see change. You're seeing it that within a couple months. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. And as a health practitioner, I mean, I imagine like you're working with people and you can say, okay, I think you have these deficiencies. We should set up your garden for these. Is that something that you're working on? You know, I'm, I, yes. I mean, I would love what I, what I am finding. Um, I have, I think everybody loves the idea of making compost. Yeah. Right. Okay. But then when you do it with people, they're like, that was great, Jen. Uh, where can I buy it next time? You know? So, so that's to me, I'm, I'm realizing what I want to do is really have a compost farm where people can just come and purchase it. It, There will be an educational component to it where they can come and learn because I want people I want this in their hands to where they're like, okay, I can make my own compost. I can amend my own property. That's my goal. That's not, that's not everybody's goal. Sure. So Mm -hmm. they do, but I want to be able to provide the product to them if they don't want to do that. But yes. Yeah. And, 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 and that's what it's about. It's about making the bio, putting the biology back into the soil so that the nutrients can be in the plants and that the food can be nutrient dense so that you can maintain your own health mm-hmm. or recover your own health based on what where you are in your life at that time. Talk about starting from scratch. Literally. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. It's Full amazing. Circle. Yeah. yeah, it's such yeah. a perfect name for what you do. Yeah. And I'm just like imagining you two like going around to places with like 
on a back alley of a of like a a a, a brewery or something with your five gallon buckets, being like, "Can you spare some?" I gotta tell you, I feel so damn cool pulling into the back of the brewery, but like, uh, I go through the back door. Yeah. I, don't, yeah, right. I don't go through the front. I go through the yeah. back. You're like, I'm VIP. I got I five gallon buckets. I I just, but I just, it's it's cool though because like you, like you said in the beginning, it that's this is all just waste that nobody's gonna use absolutely or do anything with. In a way, I'm just having this moment here. You're like the bugs in the soil too, yeah. because you're taking other people's waste and then you're creating this amazing oh, compost. It is literally like filling my soul. Like is when it? I look at this waste and I'm like, I'm taking this waste and putting it to you. I am putting it back into the system. Oh, I am practicing so cool. permaculture. And and it it just feels like like from an energetic perspective yeah. of just like a human being on this planet, it's the right thing to do. And it oh, yeah. feels yes. right. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, yes, this yeah. Yeah. I mean you're, you're, on, you're, you're not you're not pooping it into the soil, but I'm not pooping <laughs> into the soil, but no. I'm making you're the doing your part. But you're so right though. I mean, that's one of the things that I learned about in my shamanic training is is you know, honoring the idea of irony or reciprocity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so like what you're doing, I'm sure like that's gotta tip the scales in your favor, I would imagine, right? Well it's yeah. it is it's a it's working you know, I feel like the earth has worked in service to me mm. yeah, as a chef totally. that's provided me food to, you know, prepare for my clients as a naturopath. It provides me the herbs to help my clients heal. Yeah. It's my turn to give back to the earth I and work that. in service to that. I love that. That's yeah. so, wow. Yeah. I just, I, I, and just to hear that message and to let other people know that you can embody that too yeah. in your own way, or even just like, support somebody that does right mm, absolutely. and that that might be your part you maybe you don't know how to make these these complex compost piles for whatever it is go see jen yeah <laughs> you absolutely know? and just get educated because once yeah. you realize there's a lot that you can do you can save your amazon boxes you can save mm-hmm. your paper towel and toilet paper rolls like i now go to the grocery store and i'm looking at packaging because anything that is very colorful full and glossy like cereal boxes. They use a lot of, you know, lead inks. Most right. of them are soy-based now, but but that doesn't digest well in a compost pile. So I'm now looking at oh. boxing and saying like, okay, what's the most like neutral, non-colorful state, you know, like just cardboard box. And I'm buying those products simply because I know that's going to be packaging I can use. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good box. Uh 100%. I get it though. You know, I think about that too, when you're at the grocery store and you have the option between like plastic containers or a plastic bag or a glass bottle or, you know, what what have you. It's, you got to make a responsible choice. And I think that's one of the things that we've learned through, you know, I think we've learned through our, you know, to the, our brothers and sisters in the indigenous community that we have to think about the consequences of our actions seven generations ahead, right? Yeah. And so it, what, what you're doing, that supports seven generations ahead. And I think yeah. we can all do better in that respect. And I would love to hear, because it sounds like you know the things that are like great for some you know, average citizens. What can they do? What, like how, do they, how do they do their part? That's a great question. They could, if they don't have space to be making their own compost um they could they could buy locally 
they could buy from mm. a local farm. So my first thing would say, if, if you don't have the room to do anything, then join a CSA, which is mm. a community-supported agriculture, mm. where you're purchasing a box of local produce that's getting delivered to you by a farm. Or find, um, in Illinois, we have the Illinois Stewardship Alliance, which is for farmers, um, people interested in soil, and just people that enjoy eating. Okay, which yeah. is everybody, <laughs> yeah, right, like, everybody. Right? like we can all we can all relate to that. <laughs> yeah. um, and there's it. there's lots of ways for you to um, work in legislation, um, educate on purchasing power, you know, work for the farmers as an advocate. Hmm. So you don't have to we don't all have to be farmers. Right. That would be sure. my dream. <laughs> sure. But if that's not possible, then you can still have an advocacy role, whether you're buying local or. Um, or even just volunteering with a group that does composting and just going and turning soil on a Saturday morning. Yeah, you know, you can still get your hands dirty. You can still work for for a, a forest preserve or something. You know, volunteer some time where you're you're connecting with nature and you're you're learning. You know, and and contributing in in some capacity. Yeah, and we have such great local places. If you're going to buy CSA boxes, right? Mm-hmm. We've got Rustic Roads. Mm-hmm. We've got. Heritage, um, Prairie, Heritage Farms. Prairie Farms. We've got all grass farms. Yep. We've got wild acres. So many places around here. If you're yeah. local to like King County, um, DeKalb, DuPage County, um, there's a lot of places around here. Yeah. Cook County as well. Angelic Organics is Ooh. another one out in oh, Caledonia. Okay. I'm not familiar with them. Let's check them out. That's a little bit up towards Rockford. Okay. Um, they do great uh, classes there too. I took a class on, on two classes there, one on building an outdoor um wood-fired pizza oven we built one on site and then we built a solar paneled water heater for an outdoor shower that they had on their uh, teaching facility that is so cool so they have a lot of a lot of hands-on classes there too we'll have to link those in our our show notes for sure that sounds super fun yeah so you know i when as i'm hearing you talk about all of the things that you're you're trying to amend the soil with i can't Mm -hmm. help but think about like i keep getting the word like probiotic in my Mm -hmm. head Mm -hmm. and like i'm just thinking about from my standpoint and from yours i'm sure too we do so much gut health stuff in our practices yeah it's like that's what I'm thinking of. It's yeah. like you're feeding the gut of the earth. Absolutely. And putting yeah. the good like stuff back into it. Exactly. So how do you find that those two things link up or like the correspondences there? It, it's, a, it's actually a direct mimicry That's of amazing. each other. Like the, the soil is the macrocosm and our digestive system is the microcosm. So we cannot stay healthy from a digestive perspective. Humanity cannot stay healthy without putting the biology back into the soil because we're essentially putting probiotics back into the plants Mm. which then we are digesting those plants and getting those probiotics so we need the same bugs that and and so one thing that i've i've seen in the course and i am not recommending that people go out and do this but they make compost teas where they're literally drinking the compost liquids mm. because of the biology in it what? and and dr I, taste good. I know dr eileen <laughs> ingram is the founder of the soil food web and she she did it once and she's like it's not oh, everybody's th- yeah <laughs> but i'm just like i'm not gonna go that far but um but it it is a direct mimicry and it's it it is what's going on with because as a as a naturopath who specializes in digestive health i think the root of all autoimmune diseases autism um, chemical sensitivities, uh, Lyme and mold diseases, things Absolutely. like that are really an imbalance in our digestive, in the, in the microbiome of our gut lining. Right. And so we do have to 
you know, we're treating root cause by going back and fixing the soil. And when this idea came, it, it, it's been a couple of years where I was sitting in my naturopathic appointments and I'm talking about, you know, here are the foods that you need to eat and here are the changes. And in the back of my head, I kept hearing, you need to go back. You need to go back. Mm. And I kept thinking, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Mm. And then all of a sudden I started noticing that I was getting all of these advertisements for soil health. Weird. And then I started looking into like, well, what is it about soil health? And I'm like, oh, it's about, you got to go back. Like the plants don't have the nutrients. Your protocols are not working. Yeah. And it's because you got to go back and fix the soil. And then mm. once I got it, I, I got it. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is now the path that my practice is taking is I need mm. to go fix the soil. How ironic though, that like our you know, all of our biggest goals is to find root causes. Yeah. And right. you're like, that's the literal root cause. <laughs> Couldn't go any deeper root. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, yeah. if you're here in the United States with us, like I think our baseline is dysfunctional digestive health. Mm -hmm. Like we're oh, just, absolutely. we're starting at that place. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just, th I'm just thinking of like the revolutionary effect or impact yeah. this would have on educating people helping people to amend their soil, grow, just encouraging people to grow their own food too, yeah. right? Or whatever, yeah. grow their own whatever. Yeah. Um, it just seems so like mind blowing. I feel like this is huge. Like this is huge well, information. Yeah. When you think about our human body, we are not, we have been fed this line that life is supposed to be easy or, or we think that life's supposed to be easy and that we're just supposed to somehow have life happen and we just get to sit back and watch it happen. Whereas mm -hmm. every organ and system of the body is healthiest when it's in motion. Mm -hmm. You know, like our blood needs to flow, our lymph needs to flow, our nerves need to be able to communicate. So there's this flow and movement that the human form requires to stay physically healthy. Mm -hmm. So when, when people are like, oh, making compost, that's too hard. Well, yeah, it's going to require you to get off your ass. Yeah. Right. Sorry, I don't know if we swear <laughs> no, on this. We, we do, do. Yes, we okay. definitely swear. But like, definitely you're, you're going <laughs> to need to get physically active yeah. and like move your body. I don't know why we think that sitting and not, not being physically mobile is okay. Status quo. And yeah. there's yeah. just like the energetic component of being a part of your food from the very start of it. Yeah. Absolutely. And so if you don't have, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, I don't have space. I don't have a garden. I live in an apartment. I live in a condo or something like that. Well, then spr sprouting is a good option for you. Okay. Oh, absolutely. So you can, you can get very, you can get um, sprouts from the sproutman.com or mm -hmm. sprouthouse.com. Both of those, um, they, um, they make sure that they have like 99.5% germination rate of the seeds that they sell you. When so that you're saying know. sprouts, is this like um, microgreens? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking like alfalfa, broccoli, okay. radish, um, uh, those types of sprouts. But then you can also sprout mung beans and chickpeas mm, and lentils. Yeah. Oh, right. So yes. a lot of them will grow. They have different like protein um, crunch packs where it's a blend of different beans and, and things like that. So when you... The value of sprouting, and this was something I used when I went through my recovery from fibromyalgia, mm -hmm. what I noticed I had the biggest shift with um, was when I started incorporating sprouts, when you sprout something, you're convincing that seed or bean that it's going to become a plant. And so the nutrient mm -hmm. content, the enzyme content of that bean multiplies by over 400%. Oh, yeah. So when you amazing. eat it, 
And it's, it's at like that concentrated. It's like a, it's a superfood on steroids. Okay, and so then awesome. you're consuming it, and your body uses all of those enzymes to repair and heal organ function hmm. or organ dysfunction. So oh, sprouting has a, has a massive impact on recovery, and it's something you can do in a mason jar on your windowsill. You need no garden or or land to actually sprout. So. Yeah, no, totally. Right? I was just gonna say I, I just started doing this and mm-hmm. I can I can say with a hundred percent certainty we both John and I have noticed the difference and you don't need any space, just like you said. Yeah. It's up to so easy. Yeah, so easy. It's like fifty times the the nutrient density, I think. And what mm-hmm. differences are you feeling? Well, I, I guess what I would say is when with the sprouts and this was also coinciding with when we gardened this year and grew a lot of our own food, I could eat a small BLT loaded with like greens and like a couple slices of tomato. I don't even like tomatoes that much, right, Jay? Like it's literally like barely any. And like I can go on that. And I'm not And normally he's like an a bottomless pit. I mean, yeah, yeah he's you always know, snacking. because it's right. Exactly. <laughs> Emily knows. Yeah, because you're just like Because your body knows, just like Jen said yeah. a few minutes ago, your body knows there ain't shit in there. Yeah. And so it's like, I need way more than you've given me so far. So yeah. I, I would say that like Hunger changes. Okay. Um, I would say mental clarity changes. Yeah. But furthermore, yeah, well, Mm -hmm. energy changes. And I would say for me, where my specialty lies would be talking about like the, the personal, um, like benefit of making a connection by growing a plant and like being a part of that life cycle can Mm -hmm. also be like really relaxing healing and have its own therapeutic benefits that are totally worth doing. So like if you care about your health and you are saying, I can't grow anything, you have a windowsill, (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. you have the space and these seeds are like so cheap. So cheap. Yeah. You're going to spend six bucks at the grocery store getting a small container of alfalfa sprouts. At least. You pay $12.50 for a bag and that lasts you six months. Yep. Totally. So it is a massive savings and so much nutrient density by just sprouting yourself. And it literally can be done in three days. Wow. You you soak the seeds overnight, yep. you strain it off, you leave it in a windowsill and you just rinse it once or twice every day. And it'll start to sprout based on what it is, anywhere from three to five days. And then you just keep rinsing it until it gets about a quarter length uh-huh. in sprout and then you stick it in your it. fridge and you mm-hmm. start eating them. Yeah. Cool. So cool. It's, Very easy. It's so easy. And you can just, it, you can add it to anything. Yeah. I just was like, everything I ate, I was like a little bit here, mm-hmm. sprinkle a bit here. You find a reason because you grew it and you love it. Yeah. yeah. Right? And it's there. You're like, oh, I'll throw this on my black bean burger or yeah. just on my eggs. I right. do it on my eggs. Yeah, totally. yeah. Literally anything. But I would also say that like it, it can be, if you get into it, it can be another way to add flavor and seasoning too. Because like with mm-hmm. radish sprouts, I mean, like it's got a flavor. It's yeah. not just like a lettuce leaf. Yeah. My, I just talked to a client yesterday who said, she's like, you know, Jen, the only thing I did from our takeaway was I added those sprouts and I've been doing the sprouts a cup a day. She went and got blood work and her LDLs, which is her bad cholesterol, mm-hmm. are like drastically lower. And what? she's like, that is literally the only thing I was doing was I was eating a cup of sprouts every day. <laughs> wow. And she's like, so it, it's a great blood cleanser. Yes. Okay. Well, th- I know what I'm doing when I get home. Yeah. yeah. Setting up some, <laughs> some sprout stations. Yeah. Right. We, um, we actually, which is funny because Jen gave some really great recommendations on where to get your sprouting seeds from, which is so, 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 so important. Mm-hmm. They have to be quality seeds because 
nothing's happening to them. They're just going right down your mouth. Yeah, so if they're yep. not taken care of, like you, you can get sick. So those are some great ones. I also look at True Leaf Market, um, but yeah, those are those have been a huge benefit to us when we added those into our diet. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, tell us a, a little bit more about like where you see yourself mm-hmm. in like five years with this. Yeah. Being a soil health consultant. Yeah, I would like to. I would like to have a soil, um, a compost farm, uh, and cool. where where half of it is an educational center where people can come and learn to make the different compost. It's all hands on training, so that you're leaving knowing how to do it on your own land. Um, but then another half of it to be more retail, where I make the different compost formulas for whether you want a vegetable garden or mm. fruit trees or a vineyard or you have shrubs in your you know, yard that you want to grow and, and just have it different, different types of compost so that you can just purchase those products. But it's really, that's where I see, um, I, I was down in South Carolina last weekend meeting with a farmer and I, I had this idea like, oh, farmers are going to want to just do this themselves, you know? But then after it was a four, he gave me a four hour farm tour of, which was like three years of agricultural training wow. in four hours. I mean, my head was spinning, but when, as I was leaving, he's like, so Jen, what I want to do is I want to send you some soil samples. I want you to analyze them. And then I want to send you samples from a compost farm down the street. Mm. And I just want you to tell me if I can just buy it. Sure. And I was like, even the farmer, like, and, and having gone through this four hour tour, I knew this man has like 50 other jobs that he does every day on this farm. Like, and he's like, I don't have time to make compost. Whereas I thought like, this is going to be an easy thing that like farmers would want to do. So I left thinking even the farmers want a compost farm. Totally. You know, Mm -hmm. they just want somebody. So, so I'm realizing more and more like people either don't want to do it or they don't have the time, but I want, I want both. I want people that do want to learn and be hands-on to have a place that they can go. And then those that just don't, but they want to, they want to know that they're putting good stuff in their backyard on their garden plots to also have a, an option there. So that's, um, that's where I see myself in the next five years. And then, and as I'm getting into it, I'm meeting more and more. What I love about this journey is it's such a big issue you know, soil is so degraded globally that everybody that I come across that's in this field and is working on some different aspect of it, they give 150% in giving you information and helping support you because they know how massive this project is. And they know there's no like scarcity mindset or, you know, survival of the fittest because it's like, we're all going to die unless we fix this problem. (laughs) So like the more the merrier, you know, like let's all get on board. And so what I like about the idea is that the the compost that I make here in Illinois is really only good for the five surrounding states. Because gotcha. that is the local like biology range. Sure. So what I create, my intention is that it becomes franchisable. Yeah. And that you ah. could pick this concept up and move it five states over, and then it applies to those surrounding five okay. states. Awesome. So you shouldn't be buying compost from Home Depot or Menards that's coming from Mexico because it does not have the <laughs> biology that is symbiotic with Illinois. Right. Got it. Right. Yeah. Got so it. it it needs to be a locally grown compost in order for you to really for your plants to really thrive. And what and it's not just crop yield. But it's also if you have flooding or like compaction in your soil where where rain just kind of stands in your backyard, that's a biology issue. 
that the, the oh. biology, when the, when the bugs, when the bacteria and the fungus are releasing their digestive enzymes to break down the sand, silt, and clay and, and poop out those nutrients, their digestive enzymes create what we call aggregates. And it's where it clumps like soil particles together and it creates pathways for rainwater to drain down further into the earth and get, and we call that the soil sponge mm. is that without that biology, you don't get those airways and then those pathways for the, for the water to actually be absorbed by the soil. It goes down to the level in which, <laughs> in which the biology doesn't exist, where you have compaction, where the soil is so hard that then the water then drains to its lowest point. And, and that's where we get excessive flooding and pooling in in lands or backyards or in farms. So you mm -hmm. have to put the biology back in there in order to remedy compaction. I think you just blew Emily's mind. I yeah. just uh, I just really love learning about this relationship between yeah. every single thing. Right. Yeah. Like it's like it's like a natural gutter system. It, it sounds is. like yeah. what you're describing. It reminds me of fiber. It when you think about digest like the, the human biology. And when we talk about like increasing soluble fiber, mm -hmm. which in the presence of water absorbs and bulks up. Mm -hmm. So that's what helps to create like a, a bowel movement where you feel like everything comes out is Got it's it. held together by this soluble fiber. When you eat soluble fiber, it sweeps through your circulatory system, clearing out your arteries and your blood vessels. It then goes into the liver and it helps to pull all the waste out of the liver. And then it goes into the colon and it holds everything together so that it gets out of the body. And sure. it's literally like, it sweeps through everything, clearing out. And it's it's one food source, but it affects so many different systems of the body. That's exactly how this the biology in the soil is. Like, it affects flooding, you know, or it, it helps compaction, it helps plants. When the when those airways are in the soil and the and the water can penetrate the soil, then those plants in times of drought have a reserve underneath them that they can tap into so plants can survive in a drought, as well as increasing nutrients and having more flavor. And, and that, that biology that's also in the soil gets translocated onto the plant, and that's the plant's immune system. So it defends against molds and blithes you know, that come through an area. So it's yeah. literally, it does like seven different things for the soil just by having the bugs there, which is essentially you know, so many things that go on in the human body as well. So when we talk about like skincare, you know, a lot of skincare products are now coming out with probiotics because just like right. plants, mm -hmm. those bugs that are in the soil, when they get translocated onto the leaves, that's the plant's immune system. It's our gut microbiome that when that gets onto our skin, that's what keeps us healthy from skin outbreaks or cancers mm -hmm. or all sorts of different skin issues is it's the biology of what's inside of our gut. And so when people are hypersensitive about hand sanitizers and all this cleanliness after COVID, you're really doing a detriment to your immune system Absolutely. to be excessively washing your hands, excessively using these hand sanitizers yeah. that, that is contraindicated for what your natural immune system needs to be healthy. Absolutely. Whoa. Wow. That I was mean, so much really amazing information. I, so one of the things that's like really coming to mind for me, you've talked about it, how it's like this relationship between, you know, macrocosm and microcosm, mm -hmm. our body and the earth. So like we've talked about a lot of individual like instances of that. If you were to like zoom out kind of far for someone who maybe isn't like 
very sciencey. Or what are some of your general um, observations that you've been able to see in both the Earth and your patients? Like, for example, like I like the rivers are drying up. People's blood vessels are getting very constricted. You know, like like things mm-hmm, like that. Is mm-hmm. there other things that you're seeing with this, like how does that translate into our body specifically? Yeah. So we. Um there's a, a parasitology lab in uh, Scottsdale that does a lot of stool samples and stuff for me where we're, we're checking for parasites and, um, uh, well, we're checking for parasites. So the, the scientist that's there said that he's been looking at blood vessels under a microscope and all of the blood vessels are coated in a fungus. Mm. And he's like, this is not being spoke about spoken about in medical journals. And he's like this, and knowing what I know that fungus is growing in the earth and it's trapping carbon and it's trapping heavy metals from like uranium and mercury and things that are in our groundwater. The, the, the fungus in the earth is actually trapping those, those excess heavy metals. Yeah. And, and he believes that's exactly what this fungus in our circulatory system is doing is literally our, the, the fungus is, we're in, is over evolution is inoculating us as a way to help us detoxify our environment. Oh God! <laughs> so so it, this fungus is keeping us safe, yes, as opposed yeah, to needing right. something externally to make us safe. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Wow. And so it's it's which makes us realize that like just because we don't see pollution mm-hmm. does not mean that it's not affecting everybody. Because totally. I think that is the root to a lot of chemical sensitivities, a lot of compromised immune, autoimmune diseases, Absolutely. and you know all sorts of. Um, autism and there, there's so many neuro, uh, neurological diseases. So there's a great documentary on Amazon. It's called the gut, the second brain. Mm. And it's this, uh, it's a, it's a hospital in France that specializes in Aust- in um, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. And so they're, they're there and they're doing these spinal biopsies to look for the markers that indicate that somebody is going to develop Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, but a spinal biopsy is very dangerous for yeah. them to do. And so they started thinking about the enteric nervous system, which is the nervous system of the digestive tract, which is connected to the central nervous system, which is their sp- your spinal cord. Sure. And they're like, well, if we did a spinal biopsy or a intestinal biopsy, since those two s- nervous systems are connected, those that's much less dangerous for us to do. And maybe the markers will be there just like they are in the spinal cord. Well, what they found is that the the markers for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's show up in the intestinal biopsies years before they ever show up in the spinal biopsies. Whoa. So they said, so they're trying to say that that Alzheimer's and Parkinson's is a long-term chronic digestive disease. I 100% agree with that. Wouldn't you? So when they looked back at all of their clients, that all of the patients that were in the hospital, they were all diagnosed with IBS or some sort of digestive issue years prior. Wow. And and so that's their whole thing is, and so the documentary is really interesting about the connection between all of these neurological diseases that we're seeing today. Yeah. Like I can't, my goal with, Soil is two part. As a chef, I want food to taste like food. I want strawberries to taste like strawberries. Right. Mm-hmm. But as a naturopath, I want to die of old age. Yeah. Yes. I do right. not want to die causes. from some sort of disease. Because I can't tell you the last person I know who's actually died of old age. Right. It's all cancers. It's all Alzheimer's. It's all yeah. dementia. Yeah. It's all these horrible Heart diseases. Disease. Yeah. And it's, it's a result of long-term digestive issues. And the state mm-hmm. of our food. 
and the and state, the state of, of our, our food. soil. Yes, more specifically, which is a direct link to how your gut microbiome is gonna is gonna be working. So when you're describing how the plants secrete hormones to mm-hmm. get the nutrients we need. Is there some sort of relationship between you being involved in the creation of your soil and like maybe you... Does the soil call out to us? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. or like are we secreting hormones to the soil that are like also, I don't know. Is that a little too wild no. out there? How do you feel when you garden? Yeah, definitely really grounded. Right? And, and I, I've, I can be in a bad mood and stick my hands in some dirt mm-hmm. and feel better. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's some tie to like your immune system. Yep. From like, you know, you want little kids to like be getting dirty and to be in dirt, like that relationship there. I feel like there's something. Yeah. The, something pores, to that. the pores on our hands and feet are the largest on our bodies. And that's because there is a transference of biology of bacteria. Mm-hmm. When you work with it, when you're barefoot outside, yeah. when you're using your hands, you're actually inoculating yourself that's mm-hmm. amazing. with biology. So yes, there is. And, and the more that you go to different terrains, mm-hmm. just like a, you know, probiotics are not a fix all because sure. you have hundreds of different, you know, uh, probiotic strains in your right. biology. Right, what do they choose to... Yeah, and there's only 10 or 12 that are typically in a supplement. So you're okay. not getting the full spectrum, but you will get a better full spectrum the more uh, different climates that you go to, whether okay. you walk in a, in a swampy area, whether you walk in, in the mountains, whether you're in the high desert, all of those terrains offer different biology. So the more that you can expose yourself to different terrains, you're inoculating more and more different species of bacteria, which will inoculate your digestive health because you can also just breathe them in and they'll go in through your respiratory system and get inoculated that way as well. So it's not that you have to eat them all, but you do need your body to be exposed to them. So it's interesting. So it sounds like what you're saying is that the more that you go outside... <laughs> and you know, right. breathe right. fresh air yeah. and walk at, barefoot, as opposed to staying inside and shutting your windows and doors and seeing no one. Yeah, yeah, okay, and, right. And it's free, right, Josh? It's, it's it free. is it's free. free. It's free. Ninety nine. How do we make money on that? Though? Yeah. How do we how do we monetize free? That's, that's the problem. Charge right. minutes to the parks. Got to so, find a way. Okay, but my brain just keeps going to because I have to believe that like. Many moons ago, our soil wasn't this fucked up. Yeah. So, like, where did we go wrong? Like, mm. how did this happen? Well, how did it become so depleted? And it started with the industrial, uh, okay, agricultural yeah. revolution okay. when when mono cropping okay. came in. Uh, because, mono agriculture, yeah, mono okay. agriculture okay. is what was the detriment. Because then you also ad- ad- adopted um, Roundup, which is yeah. the glyphosate. Yeah. yeah. So. Right. So the interesting thing about Roundup and Monsanto is Roundup was Agent Orange. So really? after the Vietnam War, <laughs> good a- Lord. Agent they just Orange, needed a place to go fucking put it. So they decided they it was uh, our food. Yeah, they, they oh made too God. much oh of it. God. So it, it's an herbicide. <sighs> yeah. So it's used in the Vietnam War to, to kill foliage so mm-hmm. that the American troops could see their enemy. That was what Agent Orange did. Okay. So after the war, they had all this... Agent Orange, but they couldn't call it Agent Orange because they knew it was over right. there. So, right. so Monsanto packaged it up in a nice little box, called mm-hmm. it Roundup, put all these cautionary um, websites on the back of it saying this is a cancer-causing agent, Sure, but and to use it in like minuscule amounts. 
But no homeowner is really reading that. They're out there and they're dousing their dandelions with it. And all that is going into our water system. And so we literally polluted ourselves. Oh my gosh. And that's, that's where we started getting genetically modified seeds to be able to withstand the fact that Americans weren't reading labels and they were using it on their lawns in too high of quantities. Mm. And all of that was going into our, into our waterways and Hmm. polluting ourselves. So, so that was, you know, and, and, and it really goes back to diversity. Sure. Yeah. That making one thing well isn't isn't what's good for the earth, and it's also not what's good for our body, well, our biology. We need diversity to outcompete pathogens and you know other microbes. Just like the you know in nature, things sure. are you need things in systems to to keep checks and balances. So, what do you think is going? to... I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jay. I just wanted to mention because I know Jen, you and I have talked about Robin Robin Kimmer. And yeah. her book, mm-hmm. Spreading Sweetgrass. And she talks about this a little bit. She is a, a Potawatomi woman um, who is also a botanist, right? She's a biologist. Oh, a biologist. Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and she talks about monoagriculture and she has her own take on it. And she talks about the three sisters, mm-hmm. right? This is what yeah. I was going and, with. <laughs> yeah, right? So that that's where my brain was going is, but you had, we had, like it was already figured out though. Yeah. yeah. You know, like if you grow corn and beans and squash together, they will feed each other and they will grow and proliferate just fine. So, so really the only goal then of mono agriculture in the first place was just higher yield. Yeah. Yeah. It was higher yield. Okay. Okay. I just, you know, so that's a bummer. (laughs) Right. Cause like this whole time you've been talking about this relationship between everything and this balance of how did we just <laughs> know all this information and then we're like, no, blood well, salt, take that away. Yeah. And well, we were sold, we were sold a message of ease. Sure. Yeah. Right. Like, like you do one thing, you do one thing, you do one thing okay. and everybody's going to, you know, it's going to be easy. Well, easy isn't what's good sure, all the right. time. Right. Sure. You know? <sighs> okay. So like, so here's, here's where my brain is at. I, so where, I want to I want to know where you see the future going and what you think is going to be sustainable and working because where I stand I'm hearing Jenna say yeah you know planting the three sisters it's corn it's beans I, I, what was the third squash, squash. Mm-hmm. I can only eat one of those without getting sick mm-hmm. so now what do we do right. because mm-hmm. the plants right. aren't the same the soil's not the same where do we go what do, how do we fix this problem yeah <laughs> on a grand scale you know yeah um so on a, on a, on a physiology, physiological level, cells don't repair themselves. Cells replace themselves. So if you have an inflammatory digestive issue, which makes it difficult for you to digest certain foods or, yeah. or tolerate certain foods, the lining of your digestive tract is this, on a cellular level is replacing itself every eight to 11 days. Okay. okay. Yeah. So the foods that you choose to give yourself that, that are anti-inflammatory for you, within eight days, you're going to have all new cells there. That means those cells don't have to be inflamed. So it's people, and, and one thing that affects your cells are your thoughts. Mm. So if you tell yourself, I have IBS, and you tell yourself every day that you have IBS, the cells that are replacing themselves will take on that messaging, and they will always stay inflamed. Wait, wait. So amazing. Sorry. <laughs> so if you take someone who has 
sensitivities, allergies, you give them this compost, they grow these foods that like corn and beans, maybe that you're sensitive to. Could they not be sensitive to them anymore? Is that what? They certainly can because a lot of things with like, let's take gluten. Okay. Okay. Gluten intolerance. Most people aren't sensitive to gluten. They're sensitive to the glyphosate that was sprayed on the wheat. Okay. Okay. So glyphosate, it's a, it's a drying agent. So these so, are the people that come up as non-celiac, but are still reacting yes, to, okay. Yeah. But, but even with celiac, it's long-term exposure to glyphosate. Mm. So glyphosate is what Roundup is, okay? <sighs> when, when, a, when a farmer is growing wheat and they look at the weather forecast and they say, it's going to rain in four days, but the wheat's not dry yet for me to harvest, they spray it with glyphosate, which is Roundup, because it dries the wheat out faster and allows them to harvest it before the rain. Okay, so it's really? a, it, that's why they use it. So it's, it's a drying agent, but then you have this wheat covered in this glyphosate that when the glyphosate enters your digestive tract, it weakens the intestinal barrier. Sure. And that's what allows allergens and food particles to enter your bloodstream and start causing you to have autoimmune reactions because you're mm-hmm. allowing things into the bloodstream that should not have access. Right. So when somebody has celiac disease, I would first fix the gut lining and see if they really have celiac. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it's gluten. I don't think you're reacting to the protein. I think you're reacting to the glyphosate. Interesting. So, so you can heal the gut lining. This is what's interesting about compost: is that the major, a lot of digestive and a lot of digestive supplements that are hitting the market now all have humic acid and fulvic acid as its base. Those are two components in compost. Interesting. So they're literally making extracts of compost to fix. And what the the humic acid and fulvic acid do is they bind to glyphosate and extract it out of the soil. So it's extracting it out of your intestinal barrier, which is then going to allow the inflammation to heal faster, which is going to allow you to tolerate a lot of different foods that you thought you were allergic to, but you weren't. You just had an intestinal weakness. Sure. Yeah. That wow. made you permeability. susceptible. Yeah. Absolutely. It's yeah. fixing the permeability. Which so, makes sense though. Yeah. All of this makes sense because we did we as a as a population did not have these problems before. No. Right? No. Like a hundred And I feel like it was like ago. all of a sudden everyone was sensitive to gluten. Everyone. Yeah. Like it was right. definitely yeah. like a it was a thing. Yeah. Right. And right. And now it's way beyond that. Yeah. Right, right. Right. We've got like our, we've got our top 10 major allergens. We've got food sensitivities galore. I mm-hmm. mean, this is like all day, every day, my life of right. seeing this come in. And it's, it's always begs the question of like, but where did it start? Yeah. You know? And how do you fix that? And how do you fix right, that? Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Because, because the body is always striving for balance. Mm-hmm. So any little bit that you give it, if you just start taking a digestive supplement that has fulvic and humic acid in it, do that mm. and just see how the snowball effect changes in your life. Because if you heal the gut lining, you can get rid of rheumatoid arthritis. You can get rid of all sorts of gout joint pain, any kind of circulatory issue, mental health, health, skin issues, 
all of that can disappear by you just fixing your gut lining. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So, well, that's so you- do the little thing first and see, but, but treat the root cause of course. and see how your body responds. That's amazing. Wow. That's, I, I thank think, you for sharing all this. Yes. I feel like this yeah. is just mind-blowing, Well, be, right? because we can get caught up in the symptoms, right? Yeah, We can absolutely. say, I have all these things wrong and nobody knows because they don't think they're linked. But there is, there is a link to them yeah. all. And your body is just, you know, our job is, as a naturopath and as an acupuncturist and as, and as healers, as both of you guys are, is, is, to, is to be the detective. Mm-hmm. And we need, to, we need to figure out what is the body trying to communicate and then where do we address it from there? Because the, the client is, and that's why I love, honestly, I love body work because the, the issue is in the tissue, right? Like you can, <laughs> if, if you yeah. have a skill with your hands, which I know all of you do, you can just put your hands on someone. And it, to me, I'm reading the fascia, I'm reading the connective tissue and I'm tracking. The body is saying, the issue's right here, Jen, mm-hmm. come down here and fix this. Whereas if you spend time talking to the client, they're going to give you this whole litany of health <laughs> history that they think is connected and they think is important, but it really isn't. If yeah. you just touch the body, the body is going to tell you where the primary issue is. And then it gives me much more information to help clients to just get my hands on them to be like, okay, this is where it's pulling. This is what's going on. It, it communicates directly. Mm. So you just need to realize that symptoms are just the only way that the body knows how to communicate. And it doesn't mean your body is failing. It, it really bothers me when people say like, oh, my body's giving up on me or, you're, yeah. or they get mad at their body. Mm-hmm. Yes. Your body is always striving for balance. And so your body is only looking out in your best interest. You know, when, when I talk to clients about fertility, your body is not going to take on a pregnancy if it's going to jeopardize your health. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. You have got to be healthy enough to be able to sustain life for two. And so- infertility, in my opinion, is just your body's overly toxic. And if you decongest and cleanse the body, it's happy to support another life. I've had a lot of success with clients doing colon hydrotherapy, liver cleanses, changing their diet, and all of a sudden they get pregnant. Absolutely. Wow. And then they get pregnant and they're like, how could I have ever have had a child when I was I had chronic fatigue and mm-hmm. all these other yeah. illnesses? Like yeah. you have to be healthy enough and your body you know, your body is always in support of you. So don't give it a message that you're at war you're with your body. Your body is simply trying to communicate. So you, it's your job to figure out the language. And so, you know, don't get so caught up in, in symptomology, but go within and really listen to yourself mm. or come to a skilled healer and let them listen to your body and, and give you the feedback. I'm glad that you brought that up and talked about that because I feel like we brushed over something that you said that is so important. And you were giving the example of if you continue to tell yourself that you have IBS, Mm -hmm. your cells will essentially emulate that. Mm -hmm. Whoa, like this is huge, right? right? Because now we're we're going way deeper into the mind-body-spirit connection and how we create... I believe it's called neuroplasticity, right? Mm-hmm. Where we we can create stories yep. essentially that also can manifest physically. And so this is like this is huge for people because yeah. we are so as a culture, we claim our diseases. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We hear people yeah. all the time say, Well, with my cancer, XYZ, whatever, or with my IBS or with my autoimmune. And it's like, you don't want that. Mm-hmm. You don't want yeah. that to belong to you. But right? they do. I yeah. know. They wanna know. they wanna finally belong to something. I know. And it's not a club you want to be a part of though. 
you but know? It, yeah. yeah. I had, when I was in uh, my residency for naturopathic medicine, I worked with Dr. Karen Mitchell, and mm-hmm. she would say, Jen, if you get 20% compliance, you're highly successful. And I thought, what? Yeah. Like, who doesn't want to get well? Right. And then one day we had this woman in, and she had cancer. She was in her early 40, 40s. Her parents were both there. Dr. Mitchell starts the consultation and she stops and she goes, um, I would like a minute to, to speak with your daughter alone. And so the parents left the room and she looks at this girl and she goes, look, I'm going to go through this consultation for the sake of your parents, but I just need you to answer me one question. Why are you not going to do anything that I re- recommend for you? Whoa. And she goes, why do you need to be sick? Mm. And the woman God bless her, looked right at Dr. Mitchell and she goes, it's the first time in my life that my parents have given me any attention. Oh my I gosh. will die from my disease. <sighs> That's I, heartbreaking. And I, I, I as, as a resident, I was like, holy yeah. fuck. Yeah. Like, That's... did she really just say that? And, and yeah. Dr. Mitchell said, as long as we're both on the same page. She mm. goes, I will, I will do this for your parents and then I never want to see you here again. Mm. And the woman said, fine. Well, so it, it, you know, I, that was the eye opener for me that yeah. not everybody wants to be well. Yes. Well, because it's really, it's really fucking hard work. Yeah. It's yeah, really it is hard really work. Hard. It's and making it yourself a priority mm-hmm. right. and showing self-love. And that, that's a real struggle for, for a lot of people. Yeah. You know? Again, I, again, I feel like the, the baseline here is, is not com- coming from a place of self-love. And we're going all the way back full circle to like, you've got to get off your ass and start making a compost pile kind of thing, right? Like you also got to get off your ass and take care of yourself. And, and it's really hard. You know, we don't mean that in like a, an insensitive way because we all, every single one of us has to do the hard work every fucking day. Yeah. And it is like, I'm always saying like, my body's a bit high maintenance, but like she's worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm yeah. worth it. Mm-hmm. I'm worth the trouble that it takes to do all the things. Yeah. And everybody else is worth it too. You just yeah. have to know your own worth mm-hmm. in this situation. There's, um, I did a lot of a Qigong training with uh, Mantak Chia. He mm-hmm. has uh, DaoHealing.com. And there's a, a meditation he does. It's called The Inner Smile. Mm-hmm. And it's about developing self-worth. Mm. So if you don't feel like you have self-worth at, at any age, sure. this is a meditation. And all it is is visualizing the smile. And bringing it down from from the crown of your head and slowly bringing it down so that it's looking at every organ in your body. And in every organ, you smile and you smile back at the smile and you just bring this sense of gratitude. And and what's interesting is the first couple of times I tried doing it, I couldn't do it. You're like blocked. I was totally blocking it. And so what he would say is, if you can't smile at yourself, imagine something or someone or your pet that you love. And that's what you visualize. And you smile into that animal or that other human being. Sure. And you allow it to reflect to you that way until you can get to the point where you can smile at yourself. And that by simply doing that every day is one way for people to develop self-worth. That's how so powerful. Cool. I think, Absolutely. I think that's interesting because bits and pieces of what you just described are in forgiveness meditations and like mm, other really yeah. powerful Compassion meditations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. So there's there's a lot of a lot of value in yeah. what was just shared. Yeah. Absolutely. One one thing I like about working with the soil and and working with my hands is that I'm so revved up all day long. I'm constantly <laughs> thinking, how do I get 20 more things done today? Yeah. And when I get outside and I start <laughs> 
pitchforking. I'm just like, it's it's like, slow your ass down. Like it totally downshifts me because I'm yeah. like, what are you racing off for? Right. Like where, do you, where you gotta be, yeah. Jen right. Stanley, where you gotta be, you know? <laughs> right. So I feel like nature is always like, Pulling on the reins and being like, yeah. slow Time down, keeper. Jen, slow down, <laughs> yeah. you know, and yeah. it's very, very calming to my, to my cortisol and my adrenal glands. And like, yeah. I know it's for my own health to work with nature as a way to downshift from slipping into that, you yeah. know, need to always be accomplishing and on doing. the grind yeah. constantly. Well, yeah. and the phrase, um, let nature take its course comes to mind. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like just, or like, what's that other quote that you see on the little like the little tea packets. It's, it's something again, I can't think of who says it, but it's something like, um, nature is not rushed and yet everything gets accomplished or something like that. Absolutely. Right. So it's just, a. I feel like we're learning lessons via just like watching, Mm -hmm. just watching and interacting and watching how the seasons takes a whole year for like nature to make a whole cycle of living. And for us, we're like, well, I got to get it done this week though. So (laughs) we need to like chop, chop. And it's probably not a very sustainable way to live. Yeah. Hmm. I always think of like, you're born with two eyes and two ears and one mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to be observing and listening twice as much as you're talking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh interesting. One, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. great. I probably need to I probably need to get that one going. Where's to live by? So we just wanted to ask you one more question to kind of yeah. like, you know, get everything finished up here. Um, we always ask everybody, all of our guests, and we asked each other as well, what do you feel is the biggest catalyst on your healing journey? It was the realization that I was at rock bottom. Interesting. That when I when I finally got diagnosed with fibromyalgia, I thought I was having dementia. Oh, I no. it was oh, it yeah. was a mental um I had no short-term memory. And so no. when I went and I got diagnosed, I I I was so afraid of like um where is this going to go? Like what's wrong with me that sure. that when it was like I, I thought like it was, I felt like I was like hanging from like a string and I was terrified of how far I was going to drop. And then I realized, oh, if, if I just like flex my feet, I'm actually on the bottom. <laughs> like, like, so, so being at hitting rock bottom, I guess, is not terrible mm. because it was such a relief at that point. Cause I'm like, oh, I can't go and I can't get any worse. Right. This is as wor- as bad as it's going to get. Now I can only climb up from here. And how old were you at that time? I was 27. Ugh. Very young. So yeah. right at your Saturn return in astrology. Almost. Well, good. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, right right but I remember right it that. being such a relief yeah. to be like, okay, this is as bad as it's going to get. Mm. I can I can deal with this. It was it was that fear of it's going to get worse, it's going to get worse. Yeah. You know. So I, so I that wonder, was it. If you could go back to that 27-year-old version of yourself and be like, look where I am now. Like, look, I know that you're scared in this moment. Yeah. But look where it led us. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't think I would have believed it. Yes. Yeah, I, I bet. I bet. You know? Like, Absolutely. That's, yeah. Because when I see you, I think of a fucking powerhouse. Right? And I'm sure you weren't feeling that way back then. No. You know, we had the, oh, this is a terrible story. Um, when I graduated from uh, the my, with my pastry degree, I, 
at graduation, there was this girl, Lane, and she had made these um, aprons for everybody in class. And everybody had um, a logo, and it was like a nickname or something funny that happened during our our certification, our program. And so I open up my my apron, and it said, five-minute delay. What, what does that and, mean? And thank you. I was like, <laughs> I don't get it. And everybody in class busted out laughing. And they're like, Jen, anytime someone says something, you ask the same question five minutes later. Like everybody <laughs> oh, no. in the entire program was calling me five minute delay, oh, no. and I didn't know. And, and it was it was the fi- it was the mental fog yeah. from fibromyalgia. Oh, so I mean, like, I, like the fact that I didn't get the joke, and the entire class was dying because <laughs> it was so true. Like, like you don't, you know. So that's yeah. that's part of that is like I didn't I didn't know how bad it was. Yeah, you know. Sure. Wow. Until that, until it's on your apron. Until it's, <laughs> until I'm wearing an apron that said five minute delay. Wow. Until like, it's your that's pretty bad if everybody around me sees it too. So right. yikes. Right. Yeah. Sorry you had to get it that way. Yeah. It's a little harsh. <laughs> oh man. But at least you got some pastries out of it. I did. Yeah, right. They were Damn. delicious. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jen. We really thank appreciate you. your time. Thank you. Yes, thank I you. I think people are just gonna like I hope this this inspires a lot of people to think about the world differently and interact with the earth differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's the goal, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Take the first step. Grow some microgreens. Yeah. Yes, Sprouts. Right. Sprout. Order a CSA soap. box. And, and go out for a walk out, yes. in a, out in a forest preserve. Put yeah. your they bare would be good feet for on the health. ground. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. what was the what was the two things that you want in your probiotics? The two compounds that are in um, oh uh, in your in a digestive supplement. That's the one. It's that's the one. fulvic acid and well humic acid specifically. Okay. And fulvic acid, both oh. of them will bind to the glyphosates, remove that from the digestive lining, and also bind to heavy metals. So awesome. environmental toxins will get pulled out by having those in your digestive supplement. Beautiful. Perfect. Well, thank Amazing. you. Awesome. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time and we'd love to have you back. Yeah, yes, I'd love I, to be back. <laughs> I think there'll be more episodes in store. Am I right? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thank you for coming to the Sacred Scoop and we will see you next time. See you next time. Bye, Bye. guys. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another mindful moment. Go ahead and take this time to plant your feet on the ground and get grounded. If you're not driving, you can close your eyes. Just begin to become aware of your body, tuning into the bottoms of your feet. I want you to begin to visualize roots growing out of the bottoms and the soles of your feet. See these roots growing deep into the earth, watching them travel until they reach the very center, the heart of Mother Earth. Taking as much time as you need to establish and feel that connection for yourself. Once you feel you've made that connection with every breath in, I want you to begin imagining pulling green energy through those roots into your feet. 
allowing it to travel slowly up into your body, to your ankles and your shins, to your calves, to the knees and thighs, to the hips and lower back. your stomach, your chest and shoulders, allowing it to flow across your arms, to your forearms and fingers, to your neck and throat, relaxing your jaw. the ears until finally you can feel this healing energy reaching to the top of your head. Take a few deep breaths in this space. feeling ready, gently allow the energy to flow slowly down the body, from the top of your head down to your neck and shoulders, down the back, down the spine, past the hips, to the legs and knees. Finally coming to the feet, knowing that you have been energized, that you have received healing energy. Taking a few moments to exhale and know that you are releasing and cleansing any stuck, stale, stagnant, and heavy energy from your body and energy system. And when you feel ready, slowly moving hands, feet, fingers, and toes, raising your awareness back to the here and now. until you're ready to enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for joining us today, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning into The Sacred Scoop, a spiritual survival guide. If this podcast resonates with you, we graciously invite you to go to our show page to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. For more information about us, please visit sacredearthholistic.com and follow us on socials.